Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from Newsstand Studios, back in the actual newsstand again, back changing studios from a Rockefeller Center here in whatever, I guess this area is called Rockefeller Center. That's the name of the neighborhood. Yeah. It's not like, you know, Lower East Side. It's like we're in the place and it is the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, joined, as usual, with uh, Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing? Okay. I appreciate this about you, Nastasia. First of all, uh, call in your questions live if you're listening on Patreon to 917-410-1507. 917-410-1507. And if you don't know what uh, the Patreon is and you want to call in live, just go to uh, Patri- what is it? What is it? Patreon.cookingissues.net.com. Com dot slash dot cooking issues and Patreon together. Hey, you toss us a couple <laughs> of bucks. Patreon.com slash cooking issues. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you toss us a couple of bucks and we give you some stuff. You know, you get early access, you can call in, etc., etc. Uh, this is what I appreciate before we talk anymore. So, Rockefeller Center, a little bit of a wag of the finger. You already have your Christmas garbage out. Your Christmas garbage, you've already started to put your Christmas garbage out. Christmas garbage should not go out before Thanksgiving. This is just how it works. We had a pretty bad call with them this morning. Uh, I mean, I'm happy to talk about that. We should, yeah, we should, because I really want to poll our people. But, but let me just, let me ask you a question yes. first. Uh, not a question, but tip of the hat to you. So I, I wag the finger at Rock Center, and Nastasia Lopez is the owner of the world's greatest... Christmas hat. Christmas hat. Yeah. Nastasia Lopez owns the world's greatest Christmas hat, but... For as low quality individuals as the two of us are, for as for as kind of like rancid bottom of the uh, of the grease trap we can be at times, Nastasi does not pull out her hat early. No, it'll come out after Thanksgiving. That's true. As That's it true. should. As it should. Uh, in the boothy booth, we got of course Joe Hazen. What's up, Joe? Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing all right. Doing okay. Uh, we haven't had a show since Billy Joel, so we got to talk about oh, that. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, John. Uh, he's at home because he didn't want to get us sick. People, this is a this is a good idea. John is he doesn't have the he doesn't have the COVID as they say. Not don't mean to call you out, but he's uh, calling in because he didn't want to get other people sick, which I think is honorable, right? Yep. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, yeah uh, not, not fun. I've been sick for about a week. Yeah, nice, awesome, terrible. Uh, yeah. If you're gonna be sick, mm-hmm. be sick for like you know a, a week, right, Stas? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, like, I, I, what's the longest you've ever been sick, Stas? Three days. Because <laughs> your body's like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I've that's got it. it down to three days. Down to three days? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, either it gets you or you get it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Jackie Molecules. Where are you today, Jackie? Oaxaca Fella Center. How about that? Are you really in Oaxaca? I am in Oaxaca, yes. I'm in like a... A Oaxacan version of a WeWork, I guess. It's pretty bare bones, but they have WeWork yep, in here. in Oaxaca. He said a version no, it's, of it. It's, uh, yeah, bare I, bones. I'm trying I don't to imagine. Called, I'm trying to imagine something more depressing than being in a place as beautiful as Oaxaca and then being in a WeWork. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in a room with no windows. It looks a little bit like a prison cell. There's a big whiteboard. Wow. But the internet's fast. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's like a uh, you know like a. Uh, when I used to, at the French Culinary, they would ship us around from city to city and uh, to do demos. And uh, they're like, oh, how was fill-in city? I was like, the basement of the Sheridan was great. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Whatever. Okay, poll, 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 people. Poll, okay. Okay, so describe the situation. Oh, well, okay, listen, let me ask you a question. I, I have a... a a theory that uh, we had a, an unpleasant phone call today. 
This is a hospitality-related question, so this is yes. actually in the purview of our of our show. Oh, before we get into it, though, I'm going to apologize to all all you guys. We had a technical issue beyond anyone's control. Speaking of Rock Center, a technical uh, beyond any of our control. Correct, Joe? Beyond our control. Yeah, beyond Whoa. our control. That was and. Um, <laughs> So at the last minute, we had to cancel last Friday's uh, special taping with Sandor Katz. But good news, he's going to be back on the show when, John? January 4th. Cool. January 4th. Uh, yep. January 4th. Why does that name mean something? Tuesday, regular time. Oh, it's the 14th that's important. That's the both of my boys' birthday. Yeah, not the 4th, the 14th. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I like to have all my children on the same day so that I only have to remember one date. Makes it makes it easy. I can't remember anyone else's birthday. Like I know Nastasia's birthday is close to mine, but I don't know when it is. I remember my wife's birthday, my mom's, and that's pretty much it. That's it. And my kids because I put them on the same day. Yeah, right. Uh, it's true they were born on the same day, but it wasn't my wasn't my doing. So he's going to come back. And also uh, remember, folks, next week on Tuesday we're going to do a show. But that is get all of your Thanksgiving questions to us early. Right? I want all your Thanksgiving questions early. Hey, can we do a... Oh, but shoot. If you're not a Patreon person, you're not going to hear it until uh, Black Friday. Right? Yeah. So... Is that this Friday? No, this Friday is Black Friday. No, no, no. Next Friday, but... Next Friday. But if you're not on the Patreon, you don't get it till Friday. I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, look at that. Even more incentive. That's more incentive. Yeah. Yeah. Join. So, if you're not a Patreon person and you ask us a Thanksgiving question, you can tune in after you've already messed up your meal to figure out how you could have done it right. <laughs> you could have just spent $5. <laughs> or you could have just spent 5 bucks. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, back, to, back to where we're going. So, I have this theory that uh, you can do any concept at a restaurant or bar as long as it's what does. Coherent. Right? Yeah. Coherent. So, what... Describe the situation. Describe the poll. What what information do you want to get out of our out of our? Crew? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You, you it's it's mind boggling to me. You, you, you yeah. All right, listen. I mean, but it's not a question. It's like everybody knows that the feeling of the place and the feeling of the menu and the price point and the location they have to mesh. Yeah. Let me ask you, people. Let me ask you a question. First of all. If you're going to Rockefeller Center, just I mean, for those of you that've never been to New York City, Rockefeller Center is like it's a tourist joint. It's but it's a work joint and a tourist joint, right? So you've seen like any Christmas movie you've seen it, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, unless it's Miracle on 34th Street because that takes place on 34th Street. But like, you know, here around Christmas time, you know, on 5th Avenue near here, you need a machete to cut through the crowds. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Uh but it pretty much, it, you know, no one's here late night. I just, just put it that way. It's not a late night kind of a place, right? Right, guys? Not yet. Not yet. Not a late night kind of a place. Um, anywho, so the, the question is, what kind of establishment do you expect if someone's going to have a bar? Let's say someone's going to open a karaoke bar in Rockefeller Center. Let's just say, right, Stas? Yeah. Karaoke bar. Wow. For the sake of argument. For sake yeah. of argument, Jack. Just for sake of argument. Let's say we're gonna, you're going to open a karaoke bar. How much is a drink at that bar? In Rockefeller Center. Yeah. What drink? A cocktail? Don't get care. Don't care. 
water? How much? How much is a beer? How much? How much is a Corona with a rancid slice of browned cut yeah. last week lime shoved and into it? And this is a street level bar, so it's not like underground, you know, streetish. And it's you have a, to go into the center, and it's across from the skating rink. Yeah. What should it be, or what are we expecting it to be? What What do you expect it when you walk in? How much do you think you're paying for that beer? Crappy or that, Corona or that eight, cocktail? Eight dollars. Eight dollars for the Corona. Really? Okay. Have you bought a That's pretzel like in this neighborhood? Square Garden prices. I was at Madison well, Square Garden. Interesting. You should talk you know. about that. You know how much a pretzel costs outside of Madison Square Garden? A pretzel. A pretzel. People. If you've never been to New York City before and you're like, oh, New York pretzels, they suck. They are terrible. Like, New York pretzels used to be good in the 70s, or at least my taste was worse. Whatever. They are rancid, stale, doughy pieces of garbage that can only be saved by copious, copious quantities of mustard. They are always both stale and doughy at the same time. It's a miracle. If you asked me, how can I make something both doughy and stale at the same time and wrinkly and crappy, I would be like, I don't know how to do it, dude. I have to do some research to be able to make something this garbage. Sallow, underbaked, horrible, monfreakingstrosities, and yet we have a reputation for them. I digress. Six bucks. That's how much one of those things costs. Six bucks. And you're telling me how much is a beer? Uh, okay. I mean, there were 15 bucks when we were there at MSC. Well, that was in the garden. That's in the garden. Yes, that's true. And it was okay. a, it was a big cup of watered-down urine beer. You know what I mean? But it was it was a large cup. And by the way, Billy Joel sounds like an angel. <laughs> an angel. The man's voice is so on point. He, I guess now that he doesn't drink anymore, he focuses all of his rage into sounding good. 72 years old, hit all the notes. All of them. I'm glad he didn't strain his voice yelling at you, Joe. That would have sucked. Imagine if he couldn't do his job because he's straining his voice yelling at you trying to free that bird from his fence, you know? Yeah. Um, the actual venue, kind of a kind of a nightmare. Oh, so Nastasia's ticket that had the poo water on it. Yeah. Uh, she oh, got God. in. She yeah. got in. Yeah. yeah. Nastasia gets... Wow. Nastasia can... Yeah. We were in line for a long time. And there was a danger we were going to miss the opening song. But John made John made it up before us. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Run yeah. to the bathroom. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good excuse. A By the way, people, yeah. if you don't want to w- deal with the situation, run to the bathroom. And here's another <laughs> wag, wag, oh, of the, wag of the finger. Low, low. Here's another wag of the finger. Uh, they scan your ticket once, and then they don't let you rescan in. So, like, I had, like, the lady was like, this ticket was already scanned. I was like, by you, lady, by you, when you made me leave to go in line so I could hang out with Nastasi while we waited to see what she got. You scammed. So, okay, okay, go, go, go. Go, go in, go in, go in. <laughs> People were a little bit on edge. Imagine all of Long Island showing up to Madison. Imagine the entire Long Island is, has pent up energy for two years waiting for Billy Joel to come back to the guard. They've, they, they've, it's all bottled up. What did that guy behind us call the, the ticket people? Carpetbaggers. <laughs> I, which I don't even understand. I don't well, even I don't get it. That up. What does that mean? Well, ca- Carpetbaggers are northern people who go to the south after the Civil War and try to take political uh, uh, positions away from southerners, right? Yeah. Now they're called snowbirds. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what the relevance that has to the people? Oh, of well, then the, the other part is, or a person perceived as an unscrupulous opportunist. <laughs> oh, the guy behind us. 
all you all you guys carpet bag not you he points to Nastasia he's like you guys you're okay you're okay <laughs> we're like okay all right then sounds like you guys went to a Knicks game I mean like I was I thought I was gonna miss the opening because Nastasia was like the dude's gonna go on at eight he's gonna play his tunes and get off it was eight or nine whatever it was it was like one or two minutes after we're in the line you know how like uh, what's that what's that character that like uh, runs real fast? You know how he just vibrates? He just can just vibrate. He can like heat things up. I, I was vibrating like uh, what was it? The Flash. Yeah, if we like, were gonna flash. miss that opening. Yeah, hey, but if John got the opening, yeah, that's, that's all that matters. It's it's it's, 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 all, it's all important. <laughs> oh, for those of you that are gonna pay to go see Billy Joel in concert, don't worry that you're staring at the back of his head because his piano rotates. So everyone stares at the back of his head for a little while, for a little while. Okay, enough, Joel. Back to the uh, thing. So, wait, so how much did you say for a beer, Jack? I said eight, but I mean, I've been in Mexico for three months. I'm skewed. Man. How much for a cocktail? Joe, how much for a cocktail? Here. Oh, a cocktail here? I mm. would say at least 18. Mm. Mm. What does it look like? What does the cocktail look like? Yeah, yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm, is I'm, it in a plastic cup? Does no, it look like trash or I mean, does it look good? It's going to be one of those, like, you know, like it's those those fake plastic, it's the fake glass plastic, the kind of thing that Ooh, you plastic. keep next to the pool. Yeah, you yeah. You know, it might even have like a rock of, uh, excuse me, a like a, a, a Radio City little stirring thing. Oh, you know, plastic? Or, you know, the lights up kind of. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So glass. Maybe a slice of orange. A slice of orange, no matter what cocktail you got. <laughs> and uh, and uh, what what century was the orange sliced in? Like like last century? It's like a nineteenth century <laughs> orange. Nineties, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, all right. But like, what kind of ice is in that glass? Oh, uh, like. I like. The, I mean, definitely not good ice. Yeah, I know. It could be. I don't know. So it's eighteen dollars. It. Trash can ice. Served in plastic, with a, like with like a real sad slice of like orange, where it's a little bit dark. So you're like, is that an orange or a lemon? I can't tell because the color is so garbage. Like yeah. that. There you go. That's your uh, yeah. yeah. Where the seed is literally left in it, so you can still see the god dang seed, and it's floating in the top of your drink, and that's eighteen bucks. <laughs> yeah. And you're happy to pay that. Yeah. You're happy to pay that. Well, no. Well, whoever dragged you up here, you're unhappy with them, right? <laughs> Right. Uh, I think you get our point. We're trying to figure out, like, we're trying to match price, expectation, and deliverables. No one wants to go if you're go if you're going to a karaoke bar in Rock Center. My question is, do you care about the quality of the drink at all, or is it just no, tertiary? You're getting beers, probably, or like something bad, like a tequila soda. You know. Like oh, whatever the bad. well is, like anything, anything but well, basically. I mean, they could probably just even have the cocktails like in a, uh, like a, like a, in this in a dispenser, or even on a fountain. That's yeah, too yeah. complicated, yeah. and you know, yeah. you know yeah. they're not going to yeah. pay for that. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out that those places <laughs> that try to get good value by doing, because um, I've looked at concepts like that. I could do a really good one if if, we, if someone had the money for it. But in order to do really good cocktails. Uh, on tap system, you need to invest in the tap system. So the tap system costs, but then after that, your labor costs go down. Whatever. So, so what I'm hearing is free pours. Yeah. I, what I think is, it should be a fun, cool beer and shots thing where you can have good beer and shots. You can have interesting, fun shots. Like, like I've never been to one, but apparently Texas has the best beer and shots places. Is this true? Anyone who's been to Texas? I mean, yeah, sure. 
Good dives, good gear and shot spots. JCD in Discord, by the way, we have a we have a Discord comment, um, and he says the best karaoke bars are BYOB. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But then you lose out on all the revenue from drinks. Yeah, I mean, how 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 bad business model, but I mean. Then you can just do it at your house. The best karaoke is in my garage. Go to Mount Kisco when my mom and my... Well, my, they're always there now because of the COVID. The COVID. Um, anyway, yeah. I mean, if you don't have a liquor license, you could do whatever you want. They won't know. BYOB is not possible anymore here in New York. Yeah, it is. What do you mean? When did they change that? I heard it's not when I talked to the If liquor. you don't have a liquor license, I'm allowed to bring whatever I want. If, if you don't have a liquor license, I can bring whatever I want. That's always been the rule. When did they change it? I think they it? changed it, yeah. After COVID. After COVID, they changed mm-hmm. it? Yeah, because I asked about that because I was like, all right, well. You can't sell beer and let people bring beer. Right. Right. But I don't think. Yeah, the SLA website says no, BYOB is generally not legal in New York State. Generally not. Generally. I want to know specifically. Okay, so you, you, open, you open a bodega in front of the bar where you can buy your beer and then pretend you're bringing it in yourself. That's how the cat joints work. Like, they can't have cats that you pet and sell food, so they have to, like, have a separate area where the food is sold, and then if you bring the food into where the cat is, well, that's on you. That's your problem. You know what I mean? All these weird rules. And it's, like, the same with the dog place. It's, like, you can't have the food delivered to where the dog is. You have to go... Like if that place like uh, Boris and Horton where you, you can bring your dog in, you go to a separate like through a door to get the food, whatever. Laws here are so like arcane and dumb. When did they get rid of the BYO? Don, does it say? COVID. After COVID? It uh, doesn't say, but yeah, that sounds about right. Also, hmm. like leave it to New York. Generally. Yeah. I mean, generally. They're like, if you are part of the mafia, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tom Meadows. Uh, hey, Cooking okay, Issues crew. Another just quick, something... a, quick, uh, a quick Discord question, right. very quick. Oh, give me the gig. We, we want to encourage people to join the Discord, which is the live chat. He wants to know how you feel about Nuts for Nuts while we're on the subject yeah. of oh, nuts for nuts? New York City Street Food. I mean, yeah. I, I like the name, right? Nuts for Nuts. So for those of you that haven't been to New York, like we have these nut vendors called Nuts for Nuts that you go around the city and they serve you, you buy, like, you give them, like, a dollar or two, I haven't bought one in years, and they give you, like, like a nut sack. And in the nut sack, you can get, you can get, like, they have peanuts, they have freaking, do you like the coconut? You like the nut-coated coconut? I can't stand the smell of nuts for nuts. I like, the, I don't mind, you don't like caramelized sugar oh, smell? I like the smell. That specific oh, smell. Like smell. No. Good smell. Wait, so we have two, we have, wait, John, you're against, and Jack and I are pro the smell. No, no, I'm, I'm pro. Oh, you're I'm pro. pro smell. I enjoy the smell. Yeah. Joe, where, where are you on nuts for nuts? I love them. Yeah. The person in Discord just wants me to say, D's nuts. But, like, the fact <laughs> of the matter is that I think they're fine. They, the issue is sometimes they get burnt and sometimes they're a little over. I really like the candy, though. I grew up eating these things called, um, uh, like, Boss, Boston Baked Beans. And then the there's also, like, French Burnt Peanuts, I think is the other name of them, where they're, like, these, like, hard shell caramelized nuts. So I, I'm a kind of a fan of that fav- flavor, and I actually like the the coconut chunk sometimes. Anyone here a pro coconut chunk in the nuts for nuts? Yeah, I'm, yeah. In, I'm into that. I think it's a little yeah. strange that that's all they freaking sell. It's like a weird thing to be like, because 
I'm not like a, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit peckish. I would like a small sack of something. You know what I mean? It's like it's never something where I'm like, that's really going to do me. I just need a tiny sack of nuts to make it through the day. But they are rather filling with all that. I mean, like it, it studies show that if you if you don't go crazy and you just eat a small sack of nuts, that it can actually tide you over. But you have to give your body time to register the fact that you've eaten the nuts, right? So if you show up at somebody's cocktail party and you are bored out of your freaking skull, right, then you're going to drink all the wine so that you don't have to open your mouth or talk to people just to have your mouth doing something. You're going to eat all the nuts and all the cheese. Then it's not like the nuts are going to fill you up. But if you're walking down the street and you just eat the little sack of nuts, you're like, oh, that was more filling than I thought. But I think my brain still hasn't my, – my heart still hasn't gotten to where my brain knows that that small sack of nuts is actually going to tie me over. Does that make sense? Yep. That's good. I'm feeling my nuts for nuts. But I think it is a it is a it is a a decent quality street food. New York City street food could be a lot better than it is. Our best thing is the halal carts. That's the hot Stas is looking at me. I'm not gonna call anybody out. Let me ask you a question. You're about to go to a concert. You with me, Joe? Yep. You're about to go to a concert and you stop by a halal cart, right? Now, for those of you that don't know. There's a wide range of things, but basically you're either going to get something that you can eat in your hand, right? Something that comes on a pita, or you're going to get something that's in a tub, right? You with me so far? All right. So you're going to get the same mix, whether it's lamb or chicken uh, or, or the mix. The mix is the answer, right? Everyone knows the mix is the answer. It's always the mix, right? And you got and, and they have two sauces. They have a, a, a white and a red. You got to get both, I think. That's my opinion. Anyone? Mm-hmm. Both. I'm just Absolutely. a white guy. Yep. Just a white guy? Yep. Mm. I'm a Whoa. both. I'm a both. I'm a both. Anyway. You're rushing to make the show. You have a ticket that's covered in poop water. Yeah. <laughs> do you get the bucket or do you get the handhold on the bread? You also have how long of a walk to get to the ticket entrance? Oh. Uh, Sizable walk. Oh, oh. We haven't said what Sizable you get. Walk. What do you get? You get the handhold or the bucket? Jack and Joe, what do you get? The handhold or the bucket? The handhold. The handhold. But you can't get both. You can't get both. (laughs) You don't get the bucket, man. You don't get the bucket. You don't get the lamb over rice. Was there an issue? Did I delay anyone getting in there with? with I'm just gonna say, we almost missed that opening song. There would have been. Oh please! John, you had no worry. You were Uh. sitting up with the beer up in the uh, nosebleeds. I was waiting in the I'm an old for man. I need to get my oxygen ready so that I could like be that high at that high altitude to watch Joel. Anyway, all right. Uh, I think like I think everyone would pretty much agree that the best street food in New York at this point, the best commonly available street food is halal cart, like straight. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It is. I mean, they are of varying qualities, but uh, across the board, they serve a delicious product and. Uh, and if you have been at Nastasia's theoretical karaoke bar and you've had too much to drink of shots and beers and your voice is a little hoarse because you, you sang too much Journey, right? Uh, a halal cart is a good way to keep that. I call that a boat anchor, right? So a halal cart, and that's when you need the full bucket, John, although you're going to pita with it, is like late night, you need a boat anchor to like anchor all of that stuff that you did to your stomach at the bar. You know what I mean? And halal cart's great for that, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yep. Um, True. Uh, you know, we don't. I don't know why. Like every city has their own 
street food that's good, like, and why when people try to bring it to other places, it doesn't work. People have tried doing crepes here, and it just never works. I don't know why. Is it because we don't care about crepes? Maybe. We don't give a crap? Ah, I don't give a crap. That's the name of our new place, guys. I don't give a crap. Crap. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I love crepes. Crepe. I, lo- I love them. They're great. Um, yeah, if you go to, like, Jackson Heights, though, or Queens, then you get good street food from other places. But th- you know what I've said about, about this, like, though, Manhattan, right? Manhattan street food. Right, but that's where the tourists are. Where yeah, the yeah, tourists yeah, yeah. are, right. street food you're, waits you're for right. me. The, the, the point, my point like, is, is that... The New York City Slice is kind of a New York street food, it, I, even though it's not served in the street. You eat it on the street. But they're mainly right. trash. They're only miraculous in their cheap price. Yeah, like, not, like we, Not the dollar pizza, not the dollar slices. Uh, you know how many dollar slices I eat? I've eaten a lot of them, but they're not... I would not consider it to be street food. That's... I mean, do you eat it in the store? No, 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 no. I just, like, don't qualify that as pizza. Oh, right. Right, but you know, but that is a street food. Yeah, for sure. And the, uh, the average dollar slice is better than the average New York, quote-unquote, pretzel. Yeah. Uh, yes, I agree with you there. And also, no offense, we need, haven't done the hot dog off yet, but Sabret needs to up its freaking game, dude. Sabret is not a great hot dog. Sorry, their sauerkraut also, not a great kraut. You can get amazing kraut in this city. Amazing kraut. Uh, I'm not a skinless wiener man myself. Gross. <laughs> I mean, do any of you guys like uh, a hot dog without a skin on it, or do you guys all pro-skin if you can get the skin? Pro-skin. 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 Need to snap, yeah. Yeah, need to snap. Stas is just, Stas is like, won't even, <laughs> can't even. I've done both. Wow. I've done both? <laughs> I don't know how to parse your answers, Dad. Get to some oh, questions. Oh, jeez, Louise. Oh, my God. I've done both. Equally repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, what's the name of that place? Wait, hold up. Before... Yeah. No, 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 wait. Well, I, just, I thought you were getting into a question. Finish what you're saying, and then I'll say what else to say. Uh, what was the name of that that place where they, uh, they tried... Remember there was the guy who quote-unquote invented putting hot dogs in abundance selling them as street food in coney island and nathan's work nathan worked for him and started it was it finnerman or something like that has anyone tried that hot dog oh and and, and no i haven't but the, i know what you're talking about yeah the brand went out of existence and then it's come it, it, someone's bringing it back and they're trying to make like a really high quality new york city hot dog again no offense to this Brett court whenever you say no offense it means offense right yes now get to questions steve well, John was going to say something before we do questions. Down. Yeah, before questions, everybody, pre-order your Sears All Pro today. Go to Indiegogo.com slash Sears All Pro. Get your Sears All Pro. We really need to get more people buying this thing. Share with your family. Share with your friends. Put it on your social media. Spread the word. We need more people to be buying this. So please help us out. We'll be really happy you did once you get the Sears All Pro. It's an awesome, awesome tool pre-order it today it really does kick the snot out of the original one i mean like the original one is, is good but like having been using just this prototype for the past couple of months it just like using map gas and just the bigger head it just is so much faster i mean it's crazy it's crazy same weight uh did you release the uh fabulous and jeremiah uh video yet I did yet. Put it up yesterday. Yeah. I mean, weirdos. 
the, you know, the problem with it is, is that, I mean, to be honest, like we, because of the whole Amazon thing, which for listeners of the show, like, you know, they turned off the, the money tap for, you know, better part of a year. And so we didn't have the money to run the campaign the way that we should have, which is you order 50 of them and then, uh, you know, you send like a bunch of them to like well-known people and have them actually use it. So you kind of have to take our, uh, what's it called? Uh, our word for it. Uh, but because we just don't have the units to ship out to people uh, or the time. But if, you know, um, you know, unless something else happens, we won't be able to make it unless the Kickstarter Indiegogo is successful, which, uh, you know, right now we're, uh, what's it called? We're behind, as usual, right, Stas? Yep. Yep. Thanksgiving. Right. Questions? Uh, all right. Tom Meadows. Uh, I discovered the show last year. Didn't I do this one? Didn't I do this one already? I did this one, didn't I? Hmm. This is a new one. All right. I discovered the show Just last year, and, and I've been listening uh, religiously ever since, slowly working my way uh, through the back catalog. Now I've got working my way back to you, babe, in my head. Go on. With the burning love inside. Go on. The happiness, it's fine. Don't let it slip away, Stas. All right. You know, this is what happens when we have, this is what cuts into the time. Go on. Oh, this is. <laughs> not talking about theoretical karaoke bars that, that may, may or may not be opening. Uh, hospitality. Let me ask you a question, people. For real. For real. Under what scenario is it... I'm being deadly serious here. Under what scenario is a wine Santa a responsible thing to have in a bar environment where you're serving people that aren't your family that you can't, like... You know what I mean? Like, is it possible... To actually have the wine Santa be a responsible item. Ray said if it were tabletop, if it were bar top. And then a karaoke bar. Well, it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of people getting viciously overserved. And look. Well, it's a karaoke bar. It's going to happen anyway. I mean, I don't want to contribute to people's life being unpleasant. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, any more than we already do by doing this program. Um, well, if it's bar top, you can control be... if they go to it. I mean, look, I think people would like... Wait, wait, the, the issue with the wine sand is it's a continuous fountain. It's like the clam broth. It's like it's like clam broth, but with wine. So it could be clam broth, Santa. That is gross. Sober, Imagine... Well, just sober people up or something, something that sobers people up, you know? Water Santa. But I think it's also so there's like the hygiene perspective of like people dropping their cup in there, then they have to fish it out or like they don't hold the cup properly and, the, you know, whatever liquid runs down their fingers and then trickles into the bowl and then gets into the system. So you're saying that more of a party like situation? Where, yeah. Where you have to trust I mean, people? I don't, I don't, yeah. Wait, are you, were you about yeah. to say that you don't use a punch bowl at, at your friend's house party because you find them to be too filthy as people? No, I mean, I would do that with people I know, but I just like, you know, a bar, random bar in Rockefeller Center where I don't know anyone else there, I'd be a little more on my guard, I, said, I would get, I guess. Oh, my God. I can't believe that the COVID conversation, post-COVID, would people use a wine Santa post-COVID? Like, that is like, that's where we've gone in the in the discourse is that, like, you know, it's from the absurd to the absurd, more absurd. You know what I mean? Jumping from one absurdity to the next. All right. 
Slowly working my way through the back catalog. We're back to Tom Meadows' question, by the way, in case you were trying to keep track. Uh, I think I've got about 200 hours under my belt. Jesus, that's a lot of this. Um, thanks for all that edutainment. It's been a real comfort during lockdowns and the pandemic. I have a general question about food preservation and pH. I don't see uh, as much discussion of food preservation using high pH, i.e. alkaline environments. I know that lye is used in the preparation of, as Nils used to say, lutefisk. Lutefisk. That's, you know, I used to call it lutefisk because it sounds more like ludicrous, and I enjoy thinking of the song Rollout whenever I think of lutefisk, right? Rollout's a good tune. Uh, but I can't think of uh, many other cases where significantly alkaline rather than acidic environments are used. Ah, uh, there are. Uh, why is this? Uh, why isn't there an alkaline version of lacto-fermentation? Why don't we have alkaline versions of vinegar in our kitchens? I have a couple of guesses. One, I'm going to read your guesses. Uh, acidic environments are easier to create slash encounter or at least have been historically thanks to the uh, ubiquitous presence of lactic acid and acetic acid uh, bacteria. Uh Acetobacter is a good word, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even Nastasia is okay with acetobacter. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly alkaline, too. Highly alkaline environments slash products create tastes that we're more likely to dislike. This is the thing is, is though, is that uh, whether you like or dislike something, and this is why, like, I was interested in having Sandor Katz. Uh, so so you sh- before he comes on on January 4th, take a look at his new book. What's it called? Fermentation Diaries? Journeys? I can't remember the exact name, John. You remember? Journeys. Journeys. Fermentation Journeys. Journeys. Yep. So what it is, is it, it's like, uh, uh, you know, if you want, like, the the encyclopedia of how to ferment things, get the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the big one. This is more just, like, um, places he's gone and things he's tried. And in the very beginning of the book... He says, I'm not here to crap on anyone's uh, kind of flavors or tastes. And I was like, well, there goes half my questions. There goes half my questions. What do you hate? But a lot of I think it bridges down to that we like what we like because we've had it. And anything that is edible can be something that we crave if you grew up eating it, right? Uh, So I don't think that we're – I don't think it's valid to say that – we don't eat as many alkaline things because we don't like them. I think it would be easier to say we don't like the taste of many alkaline things because we don't eat a lot of them. Does that make sense? The difference? Uh, anyway, um, any thoughts or risks would be appreciated. And for your demographic information, Nastasi, if you're still keeping it, uh, he's a 25-year-old male. Uh, and uh, his boyfriend approves cooking as a hobby. And he's a linguist Ph.D., student with an interest in food. Um, Anywho, so uh, to the alkaline foods. So in terms of preservation, alkaline preservation, I mean, there are not a lot of bacteria that create extremely alkaline environments as a byproduct of their being alive, right? So you do do have a point there. But uh, classic alkaline preservation besides things like lutefisk are like century eggs, pidan in, uh, in like uh, Asian cultures and also certain alkaline preserved kind of uh, uh, pickles and, 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 and vegetable, mainly a- Asian, mainly in Asia. And then the other one mainly in Scandinavia. I'm not aware. Are you guys aware of any other alkaline, um, alkaline uh, preservation in other, other cultures? Other than those two? No. No. But uh, there's a lot of use of alkaline. So, for instance, 
the alkaline flavors that we all enjoy are tortilla chips, right? So nixtamalization is uh, an alkaline cooking environment. And without that alkalinity, we don't really enjoy uh, the taste. And then to go back to kind of a European boiling in alkali like um, uh, what's it called? Uh, boiling uh, pretzels, right? Like that is a, a flavor that we all kind of appreciate. But uh, if it gets too much, we think of it as being, you know, somewhat soapy, right? Um, I don't know. Did I answer the, answer the question or no? I mean, also, look, remember, <clears throat> alkali environments tend to break down proteins. So it's not just a flavor that gets weird, but things get kind of uh, soapy, right? Because uh, fats will kind of can start saponifying in alkali environments and the proteins get extremely weak. So like lutefisk is almost like jelly-like, you know what I mean? Because it's it's gone undergone uh, a highly alkaline uh, environment. Uh, that, that a good, good answer or not? Yes. Good answer? Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. From uh, Miguel Kuntz, uh, a few months ago, uh, I started a batch of uh, Nochino with high-proof brandy that was uh, unsweetened, right? Okay. Uh, by the way, Nochino is like you, is like the walnut liqueur, but you got to make it with the green with the green walnuts, right? Uh, and I don't know. It doesn't say where where Miguel is from, but uh, we have a different kind of typically. I mean, we grow European walnut trees here, English walnut trees. What kind of walnuts do they have in France? Are they the same as the English walnuts, John? I don't know. Down there in in uh, Grenoble, as we would say, Grenoble. Uh, uh, I mean, that's where that that's where the famous uh, the green walnut preserves are from, right? Down there. Anyway, uh, yes. But American uh, black walnuts are different from English walnuts. Right, but presumably they could both be used for for nochino. So you soak the, the the green ones, the immature ones, which are worthless as nuts. Uh, but be aware that any and I've never worked with European nuts off off the tree before, but uh, the green the green kind of uh, outside of a green walnut, as soon as you bruise it, it stains the hell out of you it stains that's why nochino's black ish right or you know yellowish in fact uh so you have in, in america you have walnuts all right these are all by the way juglandesi trees right so here are the relatives you have you have your 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 walnuts you have your butternuts right so a butternut is a close relative to a walnut um it's a little bit so butternut uh, the shells of the outer rind of butternut, the green, was what provided the color for butternut, the fabric. So, like, the Confederate soldiers weren't, like, they used as their main dye stuff butternut. So, if you hear, like, butternut uh, butternut fabric, that is from this, like, close relative to the walnut. Slightly different leaves. You can get them. They're, people don't raise as many of them as, it's not as well known as the walnut tree. Then, the hickories are a close relative, as are the pecans. So, they're all closely related trees but uh the hickory the hickories don't have 
as much staining because they 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 don't bruise and stain the same way that the walnuts and the and the butternuts will. So it'll stain the ever loving snot out of you, uh, and the stain is not going to come out of your hand. It's like not going to come out of your hand. You got to wait for your skin to wipe off for that stain to come out of your hand. Having made things with green walnuts and having tried to shell walnuts, wear gloves. Wear gloves, people. Wear gloves. Um, but these are the tiny ones that are green, uh, and you soak them in a high-proof liquor. But that wasn't the question. Let's get to the actual question. Uh, now it is ready to be sweetened, uh, and I'm reading that alcohol is actually a poor solvent for sugar. What's your favorite way to sweeten alcohol and not dilute it too much? Well, it is true that alcohol – I mean, you, you didn't give me the uh, – Miguel, you didn't give me the proof of the brandy, but you know, unless it's absurdly high, right – it, it is true that sugar is uh, not a- as soluble in ethanol water mixtures as it is in water, right? And it v- has a very, very, very low solubility in pure ethanol, right? Having any water in there at all increases your solubility quite a bit. And I will also say that if you're looking up uh, tables for how much uh, – you know, what the solubility is, right? Uh, most tables for solubility given the scientific literature are given in weight fractions of uh, liquor. And weight fractions of liquor are very different from volume fractions. So just to give you an idea, something that is 40% alcohol uh, by volume is only about 34 or 35% alcohol by weight, right? And Think about, uh, as your benchmark, take green chartreuse, right, as something that is high in alcohol. It's 55% uh, alcohol by volume, right, which is about 49% uh, or, you know, about 50, 50%, 49% alcohol by weight, right? And even at that point, regular sucrose, because green chartreuse is is sweetened with, with sucrose, I believe with, with beet sugar. It's yellow chartreuse is sweetened with honey, right? Even there, they're getting probably in the area of 250 grams per liter of finished product of sugar in there, which is quite sweet. So unless you want to sweeten it more than that or unless your alcohol content is in excess of what green chartreuse would be at 55% alcohol, I don't think you're going to have a problem. It's just going to take a long time to dissolve, right? And you might want to put it into a bottle, cap it. And then, like, like warm it a little bit up to body temperature to help it speed up. It could take a long time, but it, it'll get in. Now, if you like the flavor of something like honey, uh, you know, honey requires very little water to uh, solvate, to, you know, to, to become not a crystal because, as you probably know, it's already 82% sugar by weight and it's still almost a liquid. So you could use honey as well, but I think you're going to be able to use plain old uh, sucrose. In the old days, they would use a two-to-one sugar uh, mix, right, uh, and do it that way just because it's easier for them to deal with when you're compounding. But if you're only making batches for yourself at home, you don't need to worry about it. What I would do if you want to know what the final ABV is, is I would, if you know the ABV going in, right, is I would take a very accurate volumetric measurement of what you've done and then add the sugar, wait for it to dissolve. It could take days for it to fully dissolve, but wait for it to dissolve and then take another volume measurement and then recalculate your ABV. Does that make sense? Yep. And by the way, the reason alcohol by weight to alcohol by volume uh, calculations are so complicated, and you can't trust the internet on this. You cannot trust the internet. On the internet... 
uh, people will tell you, well, you just you just multiply uh, you multiply by by one point two five or some stupid thing like this because right uh, or one point eight or whatever because because alcohol the density of pure alcohol is roughly like point seven nine the density of water is one and they doesn't work for spirits. It works for beer because beer is a very low alcohol content. But the more there's a there's what's called a, I don't know how, I forget the technical term for it. But when you mix water and alcohol, if you if you mix a liter of, of alcohol and a liter of water, you don't get two liters of product. You get less than that. There's a there's a volume contraction uh, happening because of the way that the alcohol and the water molecules pack together. And so you can't just use straight density of the products on their own to figure out the difference between alcohol by volume and alcohol by uh, weight. It's a very, it's a complicated formula and it's not even a real formula. It's one of these empirical things where someone just measured it and then, you know, did a curve fit to it. If you're interested in uh, the tables, I would look, it's available on the internet. It's also a good read, good read, that's putting it a little too far. it's called A Treatise on the Manufacture and Distillation of Alcoholic Liqueurs by Pierre Duplay and uh, Marcellus McKenney, 1871. It's available on the Google Books. In the back of it are a series, an exhaustive series of tables uh, of uh, alcohol by weight versus alcohol by, by temperature, how, how much water to add to a particular ABV to get a particular result. But even more important for what you're doing, somewhere in the, you know, around page 400 or, you know, 450 starts talking about making liqueurs and compounding them and how to compound them, or at least how they were done in 1871. Now, I would not trust the knockoff recipes. I have tried a bunch of knockoff recipes from the 1800s for people trying to knock off uh, other people's recipes, and by and large, they don't taste like the original. So if, like, uh, there was a time, remember Stas years ago when we were trying to make fake mineral waters? Mm-hmm. And we were following uh, Darcy O'Neill's fake mineral water mm-hmm. recipes from the 1800s because that's what people used to do. Yep. And so we're like, oh, uh, by the way, do you have a, do you, what's your favorite, do you, what's your favorite mineral water, Stas? None, really. None? Mm-mm. Anyone here have a favorite mineral water? No? I mean, minerally water. We waters. did find Not out really, that, yeah. what did I like, but- I can't remember. Something I hated. Well, you hate what we used to call agua de boca. Yeah, yeah, but the mineral, I think it was potassium. I can't remember. Well, we, well, we did a bunch of side-by-side taste tests <clears throat> of just different minerals, like magnesium chloride versus sodium chloride versus potassium chloride in small amounts and mixtures of them. Uh, and then we tried you know, various sulfates. And Anyway, I really like some of the hardcore German ones. Like I like Gerolsteiner. I like Apollinaris. Uh, I like the saltier, like I like uh, uh, Vichy Catalan. I like those things a lot because I, I either want it to just be the most ripping hard seltzer on earth, or I want it to be like so funky that it, it is something that's worth paying for. So like I go for the very minerally ones, but I was never able. I you know we looked up like knockoff Apollinaris because that's been famous for a long time, and we were not able with anyone's construction to get something that tasted to me like a Polinaris, right? So as we did the side by side, I would yeah. say they were universally non-successful. Yep. And by the way, it wasn't just me. It was like none of the interns could get stuff that looked right. I've never had a fake one that looks right. And so I'm just telling you, if you're going to follow these fake liquors, there's there's a recipe in there for green chartreuse and there's a recipe in there for yellow chartreuse in the Duplay book. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you I guarantee you that's not going to taste like chartreuse. It might taste fine. might taste good. But, you know, back in the 1800s, you know, uh, 
if I gave you, if, if you were in New York City and I gave you something and said, this is what chartreuse tastes like, you'd be like, okay, okay. You know what I mean? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Anyway, it's like, uh, you know, you could tell me, hey, Dave, this is what pulque is supposed to taste like. And Jack is sitting next to me. He's like, dude, Dave, this is not what pulque tastes like. I had the real stuff at the place. This is not what it tastes like, right? Yeah, yeah fair. Have you had any more pulque? No, not since the last call. Have you had anything interesting? You're in one of the most interesting food countries in the world. You're not telling me any food stories. Um, so the last time I got tacos at a another meat bucket, not the meat bucket, but another one, the it was really late, and the guy just gave me a cup of broth, Ooh. like on the house from and the I bucket, guess it was like birria. No, no, from a side pot. I think it was like birria broth. It was amazing. It's delicious. So late night, you go for the side pot. I guess I didn't really know what it was. I couldn't understand what he was saying. I was like, okay, sure. I kind of like late night, a little bit of broth. I think it's a good cultural thing. Any of you guys down with the late night, little bit of broth? Yeah, it was like a great nightcap. Any of you guys ever been to uh, uh, Andres Carne, uh, and- Andres Carne de Reyes in uh, in Bogota? So like, no. it's like a. I've described it on the show, but years ago. So it's like a it's like a village restaurant where they that the whole village is the restaurant and the whole village works there, right? And so like it's like they created like this place where you show up at like six p.m. and you start like with like whatever aguardiente and like you know like uh, gooseberries. Uh, what do they call them? Achuva, uh, uchuva on the table, and you're eating them, right? Then you have dinner. There's like these stage shows that go around. Then they clear it. Then you start dancing, and you keep dancing until like until like three, four in the morning. And then when you go outside, there's people playing on guitars and they're serving soup. Nice. Nice. And that's nice. And then they have people where they drive your car back home with you with you in it and then they get on a moped and drive back to where the restaurant is. I mean the whole thing is is oh, crazy. Rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, crazy. I mean, yeah, it 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 totally makes you uh feel like you're in some different era and that you're part of some different like class than what you actually come from. Anyway, how many questions? Only one more. Oh, okay. Mello, that mellow. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna keep you on. Well, there's one in the Discord that we should try and get to too. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, so I like soup. I like soup. Uh, late n- late night, little bit of soup. I think is nice. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Go on, John. I agree. Well, Dave has the other one in front of him. So let's do that, and then we will. No, he's gonna oh, give me the, the Discord. Discord. He's gonna want the Discord. The one that's in front of me, I he can see. I'm gonna do it. I got eight minutes and forty two seconds. Come on. Always the live first. Hold up. I'm All right. For it. Jack, do you see the, the spice question? Yes. So looking for, is this the, the book question? Wait, is this going to be a Dune question? Wanted... I heard you say spice. If this is a Dune question, Nastasia is going to break the window. She, no, she will, has not will not see Dune. Preserve spices mm-hmm. for, for, long, for longer periods of time. What, which Should spice? They, uh, here we go. I like to cook dishes from many different places, but waste, uh, but waste from spices going stale always makes me a bit of a sad panda. For keeping spices fresh as long as possible, would vacuum sealing them using small mason jars provide a significant benefit? So, first of all, all pandas are sad because they're mean, right? They're mean, vicious wow. creatures. Like, they look cute. I'm not, like, here's some animals that, like, I would not want to be friends with. Pandas. Red pandas are okay. Red panda, fine. Uh, 
koalas. I mean, I know that they're having big trouble now, koalas, so I feel bad saying negative things about them, but trash can animals. Okay? Um, anyways. Vacuuming them in a mason jar. Look, anytime you're preventing uh, oxidation, but I don't think oxidation is going to be is the main actual thing. I think most of it is just loss of volatiles. So I would say vacuuming them in um, in bags. I would have even have said, but I, probably vacuuming them in a mason jar would help. It's just sealing the hell out of them. I think is the main thing. I'm trying to think if oxidation is going to be the main issue with them. I mean, some, I guess oil, right? So there is oil, but I don't think most of the degradation is due to rancidity due to oils in the, in the volatile oils. So I would say vacuuming is going to help, but mainly just airtight and putting them in small uh, containers and just getting rid of all of the air and all uh, ability for stuff to uh, evaporate off and leaving everything as whole as is possible for the longest period of time before you, you break it up. I use very little pre-ground stuff in my house. The only stuff I have that's pre-ground really is cinnamon because what a pain right what a pain guys right uh and ginger Mm -hmm. because also i don't keep big chunks of dry ginger the other thing is uh that i'm gonna sound like a a huge piece of garbage here but uh a lot of times if it's the spice is not as fresh you can just use a little more just use a little bit more you know just use a little bit more (laughs) it's like it it, 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 this is why like i don't uh, this is why, like, when you're writing recipes, I hate giving people, like, uh, uh, you know, I hate giving people an exact amount because, you know, I go through, I go through, how much coriander do I have in my house, Nastasia? Tons. I just go through so much coriander. You know why? Coriander, delicious. Coriander seeds are delicious. And there are people out there, if anyone hears my voice and thinks they don't like coriander because they don't like cilantro, first of all, fix your dislike of cilantro because... Even if it tastes like soap, it's still delicious. I'm telling you, there are many, many millions and millions of people out, out there who also taste what you taste with cilantro but still like it. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, remember when Piper wanted to use actual soap in cocktails, the sodium lauryl sulfate? That stuff tasted nasty. That's, that's what soap tastes like. Anyways, uh, but cilantro uh, – sorry, uh, coriander seed doesn't really taste like cilantro at all. It's got an amazing citrusy note. Use it, grind it fresh, buy the seeds, grind it fresh. Don't buy pre-ground coriander. It's sad, sad, sad self. But anyway, I go through a lot of it. Uh, so, But it's hard for me to write a recipe for people because they might have it sitting around for years. And coriander, because it's so volatile and those citrusy notes tend to flash off, it's hard to say how much to use. You know what I'm saying, guys? Anyway. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, pack them. Pack them, pack them small. Vac them, vac them, pack them, freeze them. Vac them, pack them, freeze them. Uh... Monty Zukowski writes in, uh, I'm trying to cook a turkey thigh in a pressure cooker from a Chef Steps recipe. They said 20 minutes in their Kuhn Recon and to adjust up for an Instapot. So I did 25 minutes with a natural release. What that means, natural release, is let the pressure come down naturally, people. The meat is a bit chewy. How do you know if it's overcooked versus if it's undercooked? Thanks. At 25 minutes, your thigh is not overcooked. You should have done 30. A lot of this depends on the size of the meat. So remember, uh, in in a pressure cooker... You need to keep the pieces small enough that the temperature comes up uh, in time. Overcooking in an Instapot, it's not going to be kind of chewy. It'll be stringy and dried out, and you'd have to do it for a significant period of time longer than that. Unless 
it became not moist. If it dried out, that, that, that's one thing. But I would say I would try about 30 minutes. I would keep the make sure that the thigh pieces aren't too thick, right? Uh, you know, th- th- that, that's the main thing. Is that, a, is that, is that, is that answering the, the question? Yeah. People? Anyone? John? Yeah. No, no, no. All right. Steve Yoon wrote in, yeah. hey, uh, I have a friend who's allergic to alliums. Uh, she can tolerate cooked onion, but can't have garlic. Cooked garlic, I'm sure, I guess is what you're saying. I'm trying to make a pasta sauce for her. I'm wondering what substitute is there for garlic in a sauce? And now I have the song Substitute going through my head. Um, okay. Uh, I'm getting it out of my head. Give me a second, people. Give me one second. I'm getting the who out of my head. Hold on. Okay. Uh, I was thinking about... Uh, oh, God, now it's back. I'm going to say substitute. For garlic... And uh, the only thing I could think of is uh, hing or asafoetida. So while in general, so the Jains as a group of, uh, as a religious group, don't eat alliums at all. They don't eat onions. They don't eat garlic, right? It's, uh, it's uh, prescribed by their, by their religion. Uh, but they do have a lot of those flavors by the uh, judicious or really kind of like profligate use of this spice called either hing or asafoetida, depending on kind of where you're, you're coming from. It. The ancient Romans uh, used uh, it, and they called it laser. So it was is actually not exactly the same spice, but it's a very close relative. And the only if you're making a uh, a Roman recipe today, the only thing that you can uh, substitute for laser is uh, is asafoetida or hing. You can get it at any place that sells uh, Indian spices. Now here's what I, here's the thing I have to tell you about it. It smells weird, and oh, yeah. and permeating and pungent when it's uh, raw. Right, so you it's 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 a uh, it comes from uh, I guess the corm of uh, some you know f- like plant, uh, and it's compounded with starches and other things. There's two ways you can buy it. You can buy it pre-powdered, and they usually add some coloring to it and other things. Uh, the way I like to buy it is in rock form, where it comes in these kind of rocks. It's harder to find. You got to go to a place that really specializes in uh, in uh, Indian products to get the rock form of it. But that's how it's going to maintain its flavor the best. You get a microplane, you get the rock, and you microplane it like you would nutmeg. And when you cook it, it goes to a cooked allium flavor that's kind of midway between an onion and a garlic. So it's kind of like on that fence between an onion and a garlic and kind of got some shallot action to it. But you have to cook it, right? You can't judge the, the, the flavor and the, and the aroma of asafoetida until you have cooked it. So please don't judge it based on what it smells like in the package. My favorite thing to do with asafoetida is to grate it over chicken before you cook it on a chicken skin, over the chicken skin. Oh, yeah. I had a recipe that I was going to publish in the New York Times back when I was talking to them. Remember when I wrote that article about uh, mana from heaven? Yeah. I was going to do... I was going to do asafoetida, this recipe called Numidian chicken, which I don't think I've ever given anybody. Great recipe, Numidian chicken, asafoetida all over it. Uh, it is a terrible sounding spice. It, it has a funky aroma if you're not used to it. Delicious, delicious. I have nine seconds, Nastasia. Oh, by Nastasia's here giving me the the cane well, and the they're cutoff. They're, oh, they, they're waiting for us to work here because they're not done. So listen, get your Thanksgiving questions in. Sandor Cat's coming back uh, June, uh, January fourth. Uh, uh, Bias Sears All Pro. Otherwise, we won't make it. We're going to go out of business. Oh, one last thing on the way out. One last thing on the way out. Ready for this? Uh, I was going down the street biking here, 
and uh, I had a guy road rage me, right? And the guy yelled something out of the window that I can't repeat. Road rage. I figured out the best thing I can do, the best thing you can say to someone to really, 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 really make them angry, but without giving them any reason to actually get out of the car and start hit you is when they say something, just go, woo! And that's what I did. Cooking issues. Yeah.